This week, I'm joined by fellow podcaster Clem Calloway, host of Ghost Tales by the Fireside, a podcast that chronicles classic ghost tales of the supernatural. We talk about some of the investigations that he has attended and his experiences with them. Join me, your host, Reeves Cook. Welcome to Paratalk. Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. For this episode I'm joined by, I'm a little bit of a fan of this podcast. I'm going to tell you what the name of it is, Ghost Tales by the Fireside. But it's, uh, if you like Paratalk, you're going to like this podcast. So without further ado, let me introduce the host of Ghost Tales by the Fireside, uh, which is Clem. Are you there? Hi Reeves, yes I'm here. Nice for you to come on the show. Thank you for being a guest. I, I wanted you to come on for a while because I found your podcast. It was quite a while ago and I listened to a few episodes and I thought, hmm, I really like this. This is kind of really different. Where did the idea come from for your episode and, and how did you get into this whole podcasting thing? Well, um, it started through the lockdown, mm -hmm. the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I was sat at home bored. And I've always, I've had an interest in the paranormal since I was a small child. And I thought, let's tell some stories. Uh, and I'm really interested in the history, in history. So I decided to tell the ghost stories along with any history that is involved in the story. So with each episode, I noticed that you kind of take a couple of stories, very historic ghost stories, and you kind of stitch them together so that they flow nicely. You tend to sort of look at the ghost cases from hundreds of years ago is that intentional or is it just that does that you know is that the way it goes um yeah it's not it's not intentional it's um it's just if i find a story that i find interesting mm. um i'll go from there okay so your your kind of set up with the podcast it it's kind of one of these what i would say you do sort of a bite-sized episodes where you can sort of put it on give it 10 15 minutes you listen to a couple of stories and it's what I also like about it is it nice. It's nice and clean, nice and simple. You haven't got too much going on. But I also noticed that you you tend to put a lot of effort into building an atmosphere for each episode. How do you go about that? Do you find the story and then think because you do you do the music yourself, don't you, and and all that? So do you find the sort of story and think, yeah, I can work with that. That's going to be good. How does how do those how do those things come together? Well, I've worked on a few film soundtracks in the past and well, documentaries. So you have to try and cap capture the atmosphere for films. So for the podcast, I imagine I visualize the story. Hmm. And that's where I add in the music or the just the atmospherics or sound effects. And I always think of it like a film in that way. It, it kind of works. Um, it, it, I mean, I've listened, you know, as I say, it's a few episodes uh, that I've kind of 
really get sucked in and it does give you that mental mental picture um as i say getting back to that it's it kind of it does kind of you know fill out the podcast and it does sort of put you in a position where you're someone that is kind of listening and kind of following the story and you're part of it it kind of works and it's a it's quite a good formula and it's one i wish i I thought of but yeah (laughs) you know it everyone's different every podcast is different and and it's nice to sort of hear a podcast that's got kind of a little bit like unique when it comes to the ghosts and and ghost episodes because there's a lot of shows out there that kind of do podcasts but they kind of do them in a very like jumbled way a very sort of yeah and i think a lot of them very improvised Mm. which which is great depends what you're looking for really um, I, I listen to different podcasts um, from around the world. I, I think you've got a point there when you say the word improvised. I do. I like. I like free flowing podcasts, but I also like to listen to podcasts that are very structured, like a like a mini documentary. I do like that. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and and one of the things I was going to ask you is the the evolution of the ghost tales, the stories, because. I listen to a lot of your episodes, and uh, you know, say we you do you do cover a lot of ghost stories from from history. Uh, yeah. Do you think that uh, that ghost modern day ghost tales, the evolution from the tales of yesteryear, is it a different beast altogether? Um, I wouldn't say so. Really, I think with the historic ghost stories, there's an element of the atmospherics they're a bit spookier mm. um and, and another one is um i'm a massive fan of mr james oh yeah 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 and i've sort of, I've sort of tried to capture a little bit of that as well with the historic side of it yeah uh so yeah i'm not sure really it, the i mean the modern day ghosts as in a lot of the modern day ghost stories are the same really as the old ones it's just Today, I, t- I tend to find the more ghost stories I find are usually from paranormal investigations. Yeah. I do get a lot of people contact me. So I used to run a website um, for my hometown about ghosts, ghosts of Redditch. And I used to, I, I've had a lot of people contact me telling me they've had different experiences in their house and around the town. And again, they, it's, a lot of them are just like classic ghost stories. You know, they've seen a lady in a white yeah. dress. <laughs> walking down the garden um, and into the house, things like that. There's monks walking around. Um, it's quite weird. A lot of them are the same stories from different people, which is quite interesting. That leads me on to my my next question, which would be the area of ghost hunting. And, of course, you have a, an interest in the paranormal. Does it go beyond the paranormal? Does it go into the realms of cryptos and UFOs and, and all the other things that, I think the supernatural entails, or are you kind of a person that just fixed with the ghost thing? I'm I'm just with the ghosts, really. Yeah. Um, I I've had the I I do have an interest in all areas of the supernatural. Um, I'll I'll sit and read books all the time about different things, UFO. But my main interest is ghosts. So that so really the the show is a for anyone that's a fan of spooky ghost stories yours is one place they should visit because that's what they're going to get really oh yeah. in the real world we all have a go i'm sure you have at a little bit of ghost hunting 
or go to a haunted house. Have you got any stories or any experiences? Because I and the listeners would love to hear them. Yes, I have. During the late 90s, where I was on the internet, and I found a forum, a website with a forum called Ghosts UK. Joined the website and we had lots of discussions about ghosts. And I got in contact with one of the owners of the website, who was David V. And he asked me if I'd be interested in joining on an investigation. So I went along. Brilliant. Really looking forward to it. It was in a place called Chingle Hall. Oh, yes. Chingle Hall. Yes, yes. I know the place well. Brilliant. So we went along. Lovely building. If, as soon as I walked through the door, I felt like I was at home. It didn't feel, didn't have any out, uh, horrible feelings. It wasn't atmospheric or anything. Just felt like a homely place. As I walked in, I was talking to my friend and and the guide who was there. The guide came up to us and said, the, I can't remember the couple who owned the house at the time, He's, but the the lady of the house had died recently. Mm-hmm. And the guide said to us, please don't mention her in front of her husband. As she said that, there was like a gust of wind that came through us. And we heard like a shh noise, as if telling us to be quiet. And that was the first experience of the night. It was weird. We had a few other things which were really good and explainable. Like we could hear a load of banging. And what that was from was there was an oil oil, oil heater mm-hmm. um, and the valve was closed. So the pipes were banging on the wall. So I figured that one up. The fridge door opened and I found out it was a loose tile. Moved the fridge. But later on, we sat down, uh, we, we ordered pizza. We sat around the table and this, it was like, I can only describe it as like a grey black smoke just came through one of the doors into the great hall. And it was like in the shape of a head and shoulders. And it just went through the room and just disappeared. I was gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. And that, that was Chingle Hall. We had a few other experiences there. Captured some EVPs. It's interesting that you... Um, I'm trying to think of the name. I, the name forgets me. They used to be really open for people to come in and do overnights and uh, charity yeah. events. But now, obviously, it's changed hands and they that's all stopped. So it's interesting that I, I touched on this... Uh, on a previous episode where the late uh, Peter Underwood, he notes, he did an investigation. It was, it must have been in the 80s or maybe the 70s, but he went there and he did an investigation or he did an overnight, a bit of a vigil. And he uh, was in a room next to, upstairs, trying to think. It was one of the smaller rooms that had a, had a activity and they were in the complete darkness. And he heard that he and another fellow investigator heard footsteps walking up the stairs to the yeah. to the short lat to small landing and then he heard these boots come into the room as if someone had walked into the room and he could hear the the boots had spurs on them they were like that clanking sound and they walked yeah. uh, the the sound of the walking feet came right up to where they were in the corner of the room they couldn't see anyone and then the, the feet turned around and walked back out of the room <laughs> and it, it most bizarre experience to have but the even weirder thing was that the room that they were in in modern times the, the time that they were in had carpet on it and that oh, the sound of the feet was on a wooden floor <laughs> so very strange and also i'm also trying to think of his name he was he did a lot of investigation at, at, at chingle he caught the um apparition of a monk walking down the hallway you know he snapped some pictures or of it uh he did a he was doing vigils there for for a long long time i didn't recapture anything i think it was david v 
It could have been, yeah, it could have been. He, he was, he did a book. Um, he, he, I've got a few books on on Chingle, but uh, some of the things that people have seen, uh, people have been there on charity events and they've walked because it's got a small chapel. Yeah, because uh, it goes dates back to like the 15th century, doesn't it? It's, it goes way back, yeah. and it's got like a yeah. priest hide, and it was it was with the religious uprising and stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the people they went into the chapel and they could see these people knelt praying and they thought oh we've walked in on someone that's uh doing some sort of religious ceremony and as they watched they watched the individuals just fade away like like vapor yeah uh just completely bizarre but um definitely uh an amazing place to go and do an investigation and and it, one of those places where i think i mean there are lots of them around uh but yeah. i think that I don't want to sound. I know I don't know. I'd like to know your opinion on this, but uh, I'm I'm a little bit of a a person that if I go to somewhere and somebody says, "Do you want to come here? It's an an alleged haunted building." I'll literally go there with a a recorder and a notepad and maybe a camera and that's it and a flask of coffee. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gone into a place that you've had a feeling or you've someone's told you it's haunted, and then you've experienced stuff? because you feel someone maybe told you or your body is not tricking you, but over, not overexcited, but you're, you're expecting something to happen. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Yes. In Dudley Castle. I was with two, two friends. Obviously I'd, I'd looked up the, the stories and mm. uh, different people's experiences from the place. I was with two friends. And as we walked through the main front door, you go along this corridor and it leads to the gift shop. We, the three of us just looked at each other and run. We, we said we all had this same feeling, that like something was there really oppressive. Strange, the, the real strange thing about that is I visited there about a month later in the daytime with my wife and kids. And my son was about five years old at the time. Mm-hmm. As we got to that corridor, he done exactly the same as what we did. He ran off. Um, said he was scared of the man. Very weird. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I what what's your what's your take on older buildings? So, I mean, uh, like old manor houses, old castles. Do you? I kind of I kind of subscribe to. There was a lot of gruesome stuff that went on back then. And do you feel that in some way that could possibly imprint on the environment and possibly what we're experiencing now when we go into those places is a form of us triggering some people have the ability to feel or trigger i'm not talking about mediumship i'm talking about just as a person you go and you're a a receiver do you what what's your thoughts on that yeah i think i think in the hot in the in the older buildings where things have happened i mean some terrible things in a lot of these historic houses and castles a lot of murders there's all sorts of things going on in history but yeah, I do think people do pick up on things. I, I I had a really weird experience actually. I was doing some part-time work in a warehouse. Um, this is about 2003. For some reason, I had this name in my head, Angelina. I'm, I don't believe I'm a medium or anything like this. I've never had an experience like this since. It was just this once. In my mind, I could see her. She was a young girl. Just at the back of the warehouse, there was a river. My wife come and met me from work. I told her about this weird experience. And she said, how old do you think the girl is? And I said, about 11 or 12. And she said, oh, my God. 
She said about 20 years ago, she remembered a little girl who fell into the river and she broke her neck and died. And her name was Angelina. Okay, that's, that is a little bit creepy. Interesting that you have that kind of mental impression where others have talked about that as well, where they've gone into places and they've had a mental impression of a person or an event in the past. And it's, it's almost as if they're being shown something in their mind's eye rather than seeing it as an apparition or something that is out there they're seeing it internally it's interesting that you would you would say that so possibly in some way you could have picked up on something you know that event you could have easily picked up on i i kind of i kind of uh, when it comes to stuff like that i think it's very difficult to dismiss where we can trick ourselves i've gone into places and i thought oh, it's a bit weird in here. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I did I see something or did that curtain move? Um, and it, it, most of the time, it's just that kind of self-fulfillment of I want to see something. So my mind is kind of hyperactive and, and I, everything is a everything is a ghost. But I think that there are times you're not expecting to have any interaction or be part of the story in any way. But you kind of go into that environment and you experience something, you think nothing of it, but you still feel that there's a little bit more to the story than what there is at the time. So I think that um, with the ghosts and with the hauntings and stuff, with buildings that have got age, we go back hundreds of years. As I say, England has got thousands of years of people living on this island and possibly... There is something. We are leaving something behind when we move on to wherever we move on. Do you do you think that that is a possibility? Uh, energy doesn't doesn't die; it moves on. And there's also like the stone tape theory. Oh uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and I I do believe. Um, we're I don't, I'm not sure if they're doing the same thing over and over again, but perhaps it's just like a captured image from time. Um, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the experiments that were done at the Prince of Wales pub in Kengfig, uh, Wales, no. where back in the 1980s? Uh. I, I'm very fortunate to have a recording uh, of the experiments that were done by two. We were both, or one of them was an electrical engineer. They had, they they were lo they were locals to the pub. Uh, the pub dates back many hundreds of years, back to the late 14th or 15th century i think it used to be like the town the town hall back in the olden days and it was it had it had like um what well, it was a function yeah. room in modern times i mean the place is still there they use it for like receptions right. and stuff back in the 80s the landlord that run the pub he told this guy they were in a conversation they said oh I, you know i think my 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 pub's haunted and they asked why and he said well at night i can hear i the, the function room out the back, which is at the rear of the, the pub, um, I can hear people in there talking and I can hear music and it's, it's locked up. There's nothing. I go in there and it's, yeah. there's nothing in there. So these two guys, they come up with an, they said, can we do, do some experiments? It's an old, you know, fully stoned building. And he said, sure, you know, you can do an investigation because they wanted to see if they, it was so haunted. So they put um, electrodes into the, sto into the stone right. of the wall. 
and they put recorders in there and they put recorders you know in the in the yeah. in the environment and they locked it all up and then they charged the walls with what, 40,000 volts of electric and some of the sounds that they recaptured on their recorders now some skeptics will say oh that's just um that's just uh, uh, electrical feedback those sounds are just electrical feedback you know and, and that's what you're getting but on some of the recordings that they've got you can hear what sounds like people singing and laughing in mm. merriment. You can hear what sounds like chains, like a, a like a drawbridge going up and down. Uh, it's you know. Have you ever had any experience with EVP? Have you ever tried it? I mean, I have. And were you? What were your results? Um, brilliant, actually. Um, worked at a diff- few different places. One of them was Kerrang Radio. Actually, we picked something up in the studio in Birmingham. Really? What was that? Well, they they interviewed me. Um, at the station really good laugh actually a uh, really good day but um we i took an old dictaphone i mean this was a really ancient one we just tried out a little experiment in the studio only three of us in the room and anyway i, t- I took the dictaphone home analyzed it put it through my computer and picked up a voice that said radio points to heaven which is really weird I contacted the guys at the studio and i said look i've got this recording so they had me back in the next day um, they didn't believe that it was real. They thought I'd, I'd faked it, and I, I really didn't. They put it on the radio, and then they had a few people contact the station saying it was it was a radio presenter's catchphrase in the 70s who, who had died recently. Really? Yeah. Which I, I had no idea. I've never heard that before in my life. So with this, the recorder you used, was an analog it, tape, or was it? Well, it was analog tape. Digital ones. From, probably from the early 90s. Wow, and did you have you ever caught any other EVPs? Did that kind of move you on to to to, to continue and yeah, see I what else? Yeah, I picked some up at um, a place called Boardsley Abbey in Redditch. Um, just walking around there with a friend, and we actually left the device on the ruins of the abbey itself. And we, we went for a walk. Now this is about mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning, and there's nobody around. It's a very quiet area. I got back to it, took it home, and. Same again. I analysed it. Had about two hours worth of recording. This is this is with a digital di- dictaphone, and I picked up some really strange words. There's one. It sounded like a bloke sort of laughing, saying, "That's my best friend's John or best friend John or something like." That. Another one. You heard uh, a little girl saying, "I hate you," and a little boy saying something about the water. Um, you couldn't quite make it out, but the. The strange one about the little boy, it was like the old Redditch accent, which my granddad would have ah. would have sounded like. It's disappeared now. But that was that was a strange one. The way it captured the accent. Have you ever had any EVPs refer to you by name? As your name is quite unique. No, never had my name said. It's something I've tried actually in experiments, saying, "Can you t- can you say my name?" And never never heard it. What was the most scariest one? Um, I think a bang, and that was actually in my my own house. I was just trying my equipment out. I've had a couple of weird experiences in my house over the years, but I was just trying my equipment out, audio equipment. I just said the usual questions: Can you bang, make a noise? Didn't hear it when I played it back. It was with headphones on. It was a really loud bang. Really strange. No idea how it could have got on the t- onto the tape. Bizarre. Have you experienced the um, 
voices that have jumped in on your podcast and said words? Have you? No. On two occasions, we did uh, recordings. We did a Halloween recording and we did uh, a, a previous recording to that. And two times caught what was a laugh. And on another podcast, we caught a, it was kind of a voice, but we couldn't make out what it what it was saying it was it was like a more of a whisper but it was you could know that it was a voice but it, it was almost as if someone was listening in on the show and and was connected and and made a comment but it was so low yeah. that you couldn't make it out so we we've we've had that and of course i've had experiences with evp as well and replies to questions that i've asked and and I must admit that, like you, I think the first if the first time that you ever got a response or thought that, you know, heard something, it's quite scary, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, yeah. and it makes <clears throat> you think, Am I, do I want to continue doing this? Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of, um, when you start to go down that road of experimentation and pushing the boundaries a little bit to, to try and get a response... I think that when you start to get something that could possibly be a response, I think you come to a crossroads. Do you feel that you've come to that crossroads and gone beyond it now? Um, yeah, well, it's something I haven't done for a few years, actually, now, um, because I've, I've been busy in other areas. Um, but, yeah, I, I concentrated, actually, on EVP more than anything else uh, when I was doing investigations. Some of the results I've got, some were really in the background of the white noise. Um, and I couldn't clean them up enough for it to sound like a real voice. I've, I've played them to other people and they can't hear anything. So I'm just thinking, is that just in my mind? Yeah. Um, the paradoilia side, really, because through the audio as well, doesn't it? Um, and then, but yeah, I have a, I've picked up other voices which have been really clear. And it's no doubt it's a voice. Another one I tried actually was only a few months ago. Was um, just experimenting with one of these spirit box apps. Oh yeah, with the, the or with the kind of vocabulary, the the, the all the words. Yeah, yeah. I, I I downloaded one just to experiment, just to see if it come up with anything. And it was quite weird actually. I asked if it could name my children. Um, I, I actually said, "Who is upstairs in my house?" My three kids, it, it said three to start with. Then you say their names, and that it sounded like it said their names. Now, I didn't record it, so I didn't listen to it properly, but again, it could have been just the paradoilia, just because you know, I want it to say it. Yeah, again, it didn't. I couldn't get it to say my name. <laughs> the, the thing is with modern, I think there's a, there is a big disconnect between the old school and what I would call the new school. The last sort of 20 to 25 years. And I think the new school of research and investigation kind of goes a little bit hand in hand and it's harder to do research now yeah. uh, because you are, I'm going to choose my words carefully here because I don't want to offend anyone, but there's an awful lot of television shows yeah. out there that have kind of saturated the ghost hunting experience. And when you watch those shows, you really do think that every every place that is allegedly haunted is is got is full of demons and and devils and you go in and the 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 all the furniture's whizzing round, 
and certainly not the case. You can go into a building which has got known paranormal activity and you can sit there with your sandwiches all night and not experience anything. Oh, yeah. So I think that with entertainment and the modern ghost hunting approach, it is very... I mean, how do you feel? What's your thoughts on TV? It's become all mixed together. Ghost... I don't want to use the word ghost hunting. It's a paranormal research. When you go to a vigil and you you look you trying to experience the paranormal, uh, it, it's kind of got marred together with entertainment, and it's all become the, the same thing. Do you, do you not think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it is an entertainment thing. I mean, I, I know I've got friends who have gone on paranormal evenings, and they're paid fifty or sixty pounds to go and spend the night at a manor house or a haunted pub or, or whatever. And really, they're going for that little fix. And it's entertaining. You know, um, I've been on one myself, what I've paid for. It was good fun. Mm. But, yeah, it's nothing like doing a real vigil. Totally different thing. And with the TV shows doing it, I think because they're so popular, yeah, people are just wanting to do what they're doing on TV. A lot of the equipment, different people saying how scientific it is. I can't see what's scientific about a K2 meter, to be honest, and how it relates to a ghost when we don't actually know what a ghost is. Yeah, uh, I was just going about to come on to that. You just read my mind, which was cre- creepy. Um, I was going to ask you, we, I, I think we first have to establish what is a haunting, what is a ghost, what is yeah. an apparition, then we can move on to trying to investigate it. I think we've got to the point now where we understand in the supernatural paranormal realm of oddness that there are there are things going on on our planet that we're not fully versed in and we don't fully understand. To turn around and say, oh, well, that clearly is a lot of nonsense. That doesn't exist. So just forget about it and move on. And it's it's not tangible. So, you know, I think that is kind of a very blinkered way of of looking at it i think that you have to be yeah with anything i'm sure you'll agree you when you wherever you go whatever you investigate you have to be a little you have to have a skeptical hat you have to you have to be a little bit skeptical and you have to question yeah. yourself and you have to question others it is immensely important to be with the right people do you find that do you have you yeah. surround yourself with the right people then you tend to get results. Do you find that? Yeah. I did a few investigations years ago, invited a few friends. All night, all I had was screaming and running away. And I'm like, I don't want this. This isn't the TV. <laughs> you experience something, just sit still and see if it carries on. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> but yeah, once I did do things with people who were serious and, again, sceptical but open-minded, we found we could narrow things down to what, yeah, actually was going on. You know, if we picked anything up, as I said earlier about in Chingle Hall with the pipes banging on the wall, we found out it was just um, the oil heating was closed. Things like that, or if all of a sudden you, you actually see a full apparition, it's if you've got people around who see it also, or even if they don't see it, perhaps you could discuss it. And why did you see it? I've got to say, I've seen one. I was with somebody else. We both saw it, and it was a bit freaky. Did you, uh, at the time when you experienced that, was it a, a solid form or was it like a transparent, could you see through it? No, she was solid, looked like 
uh, I was in Ireland and I was, can't remember the name of the place, but there's a museum to James Joyce in the hotel, the author. And as I went up the stairs with a friend of mine, we saw this woman in a green dress sat on a, on a sofa. Never thought anything of it, only the fact that she was wearing, it looked like Victorian-style clothes. But again, I didn't really think much about that. As I approached her, she just weren't there. Just, I didn't see her disappear or anything. Just in the blink of an eye, she was gone. My friend was absolutely terrified and ran off. I'm stood there, got my phone out of my pocket, trying to take photos. <laughs> um. <laughs> see, that's interesting because there are many cases where people have witnessed apparitions and they've seen someone and at the time that they're having an experience, they don't experience anything strange, as in it's not cold, it, they don't feel like that the atmosphere is off or anything, but they just think that the person that, that they're viewing, that they're seeing is just another person in the room or in the venue that they're in until they realise that within, as you said, a blink of an eye, they're no longer there. There are cases where they don't, they don't like, they don't fade away like smoke or anything. They're just there and then they're not there. Yeah, that was it. I mean, th this place, I wasn't doing an investigation either. I was actually working in Ireland and it's just a hotel I stayed in for the night. Um, so it didn't even enter my head that I was, you know, about ghosts or anything. I just went up to bed and it's just this woman sat there. That's kind of the, the best mindset to be in where you're not, actually thinking about anything like that you're just going about your daily business uh it's it's like the um the, the like the the telephone phenomenon or the you know where that where you where you're just at home you're chilling and you're not really thinking about anything and then you think about your friend for a moment just a split second and then suddenly the phone rings and it's them and uh, oh, I, I mean yeah, I, I, I still experience <laughs> that now I, I think uh last week I started to I a friend of mine, I, I, I popped into my head, oh, I got to just contact them. And I started to write them a, a text message. And as I started the first line of the text message, blink, a text from them comes in. And it's like, I'm like, no, that's too spooky. That That's like you call a coincidence. It's just like completely bizarre. I've had similar things happen. Please, by all means, I'm all ears. If you, if what was that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, hear, I'm happy to listen. Yeah, it's, 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 it's happened more than once. It's um, like a regular thing, actually. Um, I can talk to somebody and say, I, I haven't seen so and so in ages, and um, usually find within about a week I see them. And it's happened again and again. It's ever so strange. This kind of goes along the lines of our. I mean, there are people out there that have the. The, the idea that our our brain and our mind are two separate things and that our brain is the 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 meat in our head and that our mind is something that is that exists from outside of our body and that it is connected to a yeah like a central server really that's there somewhere the universe and that when we have these experiences where we are at home or you're thinking about someone and then they knock on the door uh what you're doing is some way downloading that information or tapping into that 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 record of what's going on put it this way if you have a group of friends you you've everyone's experienced this and i'm sure you have as well you have a group of friends and you have a friend bubble of people that you've known for a long time 
multiple years. And those people you know incredibly well. And then you have, outside of that bubble, you have the people you work with, acquaintances that you know, you're friendly with, you occasionally go for a beer with, but they don't come into that inner bubble. And have you noticed that, or I've noticed this, that people that I've grown up with, and I still have friends that I went to school with that I see regular, those people, when they're not great, they're a bit down or they've got something on their mind, you can pick up on that much more easily than you can someone that you see occasionally. And it's kind of like, now I could be, it could be that our human intuition is tuned to be more sensitive to the people that are closest to us and that the people that aren't closest to us are possibly not that more as important in, in the, and that sounds horrible, but in, I'm just keeping things simple. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with the experiences I've had, you know, but saying I haven't seen a friend for ages and they turn up. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. I think there's something weird there, something, um, te- tele- yeah. telepathy or something, um, something weird going on. But yeah, I, I, I do think some people pick up on emotions as well. It's like sometimes you can walk into a room and it can feel yeah uh, like heavy, and then you find out somebody's just had an argument. Yeah, and you can feel it without looking at someone. You, you can get that feeling, and I think the same can be said for when you go into, say, a haunted house, you know, a castle or whatever, and you can pick up on those feelings sometimes, like we were saying before. People say that paranormal activity is possibly stronger when you go to the, the water, near the water, or uh, if there's an electrical storm going on that you can generate more paranormal activity, or that if it's um, later at night when it's, you know, quieter, that, you know, you've got the witching hour and, and all that. And So there's lots of these theories out there, and, and I think that every, every one of those theories, even, um, okay, hands up, even some of those theories that people come up with in these TV shows, I think they all have merit in a way, um, but I think that it's, I don't think anyone has the answer. No, I don't think any of us ever will. Um, it's it's a bit like explaining things like God. Um, you know, you, you, you will never have the answer. Where do you, where do you feel that the, uh, the paranormal, where do you think it's going to be in like 20 years time? Are we going to still be, having this conversation in, in 20 years? Or do you think that there, there'll there be more answers that we're going to say, ah, well, this is that, or this is that? What what do you think about that? I'm not sure, actually, because the only thing I see with investigations into the paranormal is the same thing. Everybody yeah. seems to do the same thing, and there's nothing, nothing new out there. Whether science and actual scientists can actually come up with something to measure what's going on or record in some way what's going on i don't know because i don't think any of the equipment that i've used in the past um a lot of the modern equipment has ever come up with with any results really i think what you touched on there is quite important i think it is important for scientists to become involved without the without the worry of ridicule ridicule um i think the, the problem is at the moment although we've got a lot of there are um, psychologists and, and people out there that are involved in the paranormal, but they have done it at a massive price. They have kind of, in a way, sacrificed yeah. their 
career and their opportunities by going ahead and openly speaking about certain parts of the paranormal. And I think that until we get to a point where science can turn around and, turn around and go, well, yeah, we want to investigate this. We want to have, a, you know, there are people out there that obviously do investigate it and they are scientists, but it's not really, there's that kind of still, we've still got that kind of stigma to the paranormal and to with ufos and and all that kind of stuff i mean if you go back to the 70s and you would tell someone oh yeah i saw i saw an alien or i saw a ghost people most people would just snigger and go oh you're, you're clearly you're you're mad and i think now it's not so bad it's not so bad but i i have had that a lot i've been in the local paper it's something to do with ghosts that was it i made a short film about the local area Nothing amazing. I've gone into the local pub and I must have had about 10, 15 people all taking the mic and joking and saying, they're all saying, what a load of rubbish. Because I don't know, I think it's uh, a lot lot of people are still closed mind, have a closed mind. It is easier to to laugh at something you don't understand or to laugh at something that that the, the larger group is laughing at. And it is very, I I understand. I can understand where you're coming from because I've tried to explain to people who I don't know about things I've experienced, and they yeah. they just well that was that uh, that was no uh, you just imagine it, and I'm like well, no I wasn't imagining it. That's the point. I I experienced some. I don't know what I experienced, but I experienced something, and it's it's that kind yeah. of dismissive that kind of group think where they don't want you to be, you know, tell me more sort of thing, because then they come become stigmatized that they're listening to your, your babble. Mm. That's it. And yet you, and yet, and yet that there, there are types out there that want to get involved and want to go ghost hunting and, and, and want to experience, but they, they're too frightened because of that, that badge. Even my friends laugh when I start talking about ghosts and stuff. They're like, oh, here he goes. He's on one now, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, I don't talk about it anymore. I really don't talk about it anymore. I just, UFOs, aliens, I just, I don't. I don't even go there because you get that look. You get that look from people and they start looking at you like, I don't want to hear this. So it is it is difficult. Oh, yeah. And it, I can understand that if you're a professional and you've spent a lot of years researching and doing your PhDs or whatever you need to do to get to your scientific level and then you want to have an interest in ghosts or the paranormal or the supernatural and that you start to talk about it and then you think where are all the why are all my opportunities yeah. disappearing you know where why am I not getting these opportunities anymore I, I can understand how disheartening that can be and for someone like you or I who who yeah. I'm I'm no Peter Underwood I'm no you know I, I've gone into haunted places and I've heard things and I've experienced things and I've felt things and I don't know what they are. And and some of them, those things made me feel a little bit uneasy. And at least one time I came away and thought, go on, I hope I haven't brought no ghosts back with me. Kind of felt that once. And, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I wanted to go, I wanted to experience. And we touched on earlier with the ghost events where people can go pay some money, have a dinner, have a few beers and go into a haunted house and run around in the dark for a couple of hours. That's fine. But it has you have to remember it's entertainment. Don't expect to see anything. Yeah. It's more of a 
a show. It's more of an attraction. Have fun. Yes. Have a nice night. Get your money's worth, but don't take it as that that kind of you're doing a vigil and it's uh, you know all serious because it's it's so much going on. That's it. I, I'd like to do a vigil later in the year when it's nice and warm in the summer. Pick a a building because pretty much a lot yeah. of these older buildings now you can literally rent for the night because they need to make their money. And um, I'd like to get a few people yeah, together and just say, right, you're all like-minded. We all feel the same. Let's go into this place and let's just see. I don't want to fill it full of equipment. Just take the basics and let's see what we experience. And and everybody yeah. just has a recorder. Everybody has a notepad. I'll, I'll and if you do, that. like you say, if you do experience, don't run away. Don't run away. No, it won't chase you. Just stay there and experience the moment because you might not ever see it again. That's exactly it. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something that's definitely on the cards and I definitely want to do, but it's you got to keep it you got to keep it controlled because as you said earlier, when you've got a group of people in a room and they're all going mental, you can't document anything with that. It's impossible. So uh, anyway, so I think yeah. we've been waffling for quite a while and I'm sorry if I talk too much. People always tell me Shut, Reeve, shut up. I think we've covered everything and we've had a really good talk. But have you got any final thoughts on the uh, paranormal, where you can see it going? And also, what are your thoughts with your website and, and what are the things that you're going to be doing with it in, in 2022? Well, with the podcast, I'll be mm-hmm. well, I'll be doing the same thing. I've released the episode once a month. I'm hoping to try and do it fortnightly soon. It's trying to find the time. But yeah, over the next year, I'm hope, I'm, I might do a series of, different things things i haven't tried yet short stories maybe some evps i might put them online do do some live evp sessions on the podcast that'll be for a bit of fun as well but yeah seeing it in the future the future of the paranormal it's getting seems to be getting more popular by the day i've noticed just from listeners from my, my podcast i've been up a year now just over a year um and i've had fifty thousand listeners in that time which that's good yeah I'm proud that's of good. that not bad yeah but yeah i mean with all the stuff that's on tv as well like we mentioned extremely popular otherwise it wouldn't be on there you look on things like amazon prime you've got independent people ghost hunting groups and they're making their own videos and putting them online yeah the stuff that's on youtube it's everywhere there's so much stuff out there it's unreal uh-huh. so i think it'll only get more and more I popular fully, i think it's great that sites like youtube and there are others that give a platform for people to uh, you know the equipment these days now with cameras you know film high yeah. quality and you know you can pretty much film in pitch black uh, and as long as you've got the right kind of attitude towards it and you do yeah. your research and you go into makes a, a quality product um people can do it quite easily these days and uh, i think that um as long as you distinguish that you're either entertaining people or you're trying to yeah, do research definitely. documented research the problem is is when you kind of pass it off as a a a serious investigation yet you've got no interest in being serious you all you want is clickbait and clicks and likes and to make that ad revenue and i understand that everyone that puts time into something a financial reward is very nice but you have to you have to be clear on what you're doing with people uh one thing i never want to do with listeners to this podcast or anything I do in the future is I never want to take money from people 
on the pretense that I'm going to give them something that they're not going to get. That's why I've said like the show will always remain free because uh, that's what that's kind of a a thing it has to be available to everyone because not everyone has an income or not everyone has an expendable income and it's unfair if someone can't afford to listen to a show or only listen to half a show and then you have to pay for the rest now i understand as i say everyone's got to make a bit of money but you have to be clear on what you're doing and it's uh i think that um as time goes on these shows are getting popular and there are a lot of really good ones being made as well and uh, I think that uh, YouTube, as I say, is awash with paranormal shows. And yeah. I'd say out of all of them that I've not, I haven't seen every single one, but out of the vast majority that I've seen, I would say that there is a good handful that are really, really well done. And one of my favorites is um, Amy's Crypt. Oh, it's yeah. only a short show, like half an hour at a time, but it's really well done and it's really simple. Uh, okay, they use a few gadgets and gizmos, but it's just, it's very simple. It's not overly dramatic. It's not crazy. They're just really level-headed. There's someone that I'd like to get on the, on Paratalk at some point and just talk about their techniques and their, I'm sure they've had plenty of adventures. And, and also the places that they go to are not always, they're not always like huge castles. They're like old little ruined places, which have had history, which I think is great. But that's just me waffling. See, I go off on tangents. I've gone off on another one. Anyway, Clem, it's been great having you on the show. Thank I'm sure you'll be back me. at some point for an update. Anyone that wants to know how they can get to Clem's website, how they can uh, listen to his podcast, all, all the links are going to be on the Paratalk website. So if you're listening to this podcast, just look below it and uh, you'll get all the links. Anyway, until the next episode, take care, everyone, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.